Vaccine rollout begins in the U.S., but now comes the hard part. That is producing enough shots to vaccinate everyone and then getting said shots into arms by next summer. And the exclusive Chicago Executive Pulse Survey by the Harris Poll conducted in partnership with Cranes shows that Chicago area executives are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. There does seem to be now a feeling that uh, business leaders seem less sort of flummoxed. There's an end in sight. They're sort of ready to get on. Harris Poll CEO Will Johnson joins the podcast today to talk about the survey data as well as leadership challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. I think it's it's really the resilience of Chicago business. This has been the deepest economic plunge in modern history. And yet we see many of the executives in, in this town planning for growth. I'm Amy Guth, and this is Crane's Daily Gist. It's Monday, December 14th. At Chicago's bank, Wintrust knows small businesses are important to our local economy and the well-being of our community. From diners to bookstores, auto repair shops to antique dealers, and everything in between, local companies make our area special and provide jobs in our community. Join Wintrust in shopping small this holiday season and supporting local businesses through a challenging year. Connect with Wintrust on Facebook to shout out your favorite local businesses. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Will Johnson is CEO of the Harris Poll, which is a public opinion, market research, and strategy firm based here in Chicago. And in a recent piece that he wrote for Cranes, he talked about emerging optimism among business leaders as they look ahead to 2021. Well, thanks for joining me today. So to start, tell me a little bit about this survey itself. Well, thank you for having me. We've been working with Cranes now. This will be our second wave where we go in and measure business leaders in the Chicago metro area on a quarterly basis looking at economic, political, and social issues that have an impact on business. So this is the, the data that's coming out of, of our most recent wave. All big, meaty topics there. Like, that's a lot to kind of bite yeah. off with one survey. So what specific signs of optimism are you seeing from Chicago leaders? Well, big picture, I think like the rest of Americans, we're seeing in this data that business leaders are hopeful that 21 is certainly going to be a better year than 20. Um I think the the biggest driver of that is clearly the vaccines uh, and the vaccine news that that had come out prior to to this data being collected, uh, which I think makes people think that you know by spring or early summer things should certainly be better than they are now. I think secondly, uh, we had an election, and um, based on our data, uh, business leaders in this market really liked sort of Biden centrist approach. So, so him winning the election is a cause for optimism. Uh, and finally, I think the, the defeat of Pritzker's, uh, the graduated income tax, uh, taxes were a top concern going in. And I think now that that's sort of been defeated and uh, behind us, I think um, business leaders, we can sort of work together uh, sort of beyond that issue. Yeah, I'm very curious as to how, if at all, sentiment or focus has changed among business leaders since the defeat of Pritzker's graduated income tax proposal. The number one issue on business leaders' mind were, were taxes. In, in our previous wave, uh, pre-election, that, that was the number one issue. After, since that's gone, that's sort of moved off the board. I think there's, there's a feeling among business leaders that, that that's now sort of off the table for the foreseeable future. So. I think there's a the the concern now goes to 
fixing unemployment, reviving the economy? How do we come back and reemerge uh, once once we have widely distributed vaccines? So I, I think that that is um, you know a major cause for optimism. And so as you were surveying leaders and they're reporting priorities as they're looking ahead to the new year, how did those priorities reconcile with national sentiment? It lined up. I mean, I think that that you can't, the the virus and the economy are inexorably linked. And and the economy is clearly the number one issue, both in Chicago uh, among business leaders and among business leaders nationally. So so there we see, I think, a, a very, very similar sentiment to what we see in the rest of the country. And, and it really is, I think, until we get past this and, and we have this interesting dichotomy right now where the short term uh, looks like we're going to have some rough months ahead. But in the medium term, uh, with the vaccine and beginning of distribution of it looks positive. I think that that is going to be the, the main focus of, of, of all business leaders, both in Chicago and, and nationally. Since Harris Poll keeps such a pulse on what business leaders are thinking and what they're feeling, earlier on in the pandemic, there was a lot of focus on this idea of this quick return to normalcy and a lot of talk of a V-shaped recovery and that sort of thing. As things have gone on this year, how has the idea of recovery and what it looks like shifted among business leaders? Well, we still see, you know, uh, business leaders foresee a recovery, but clearly it's not as quickly as I think people were hoping last spring. And again, that correlated with uh, decline in, in, in virus. So there is now this tension between optimism of, of next spring and summer and the very tough reality that's ahead of us. What I will say is, is there does seem to be in this, and I think that this goes back to, to that theme of optimism that, that came through in the data, is there does seem to be now a feeling that uh, business leaders seem less sort of flummoxed. There's an end in sight. They're sort of ready to get on with the work at hand. So I think you're beginning to see a move to planning because there, there does seem to be this light at the end of the tunnel. And on that note, how are leaders reporting, envisioning the idea of post-pandemic normalcy? You know, I'm thinking about the idea of long-term working from home, maybe rethinking how office space is used or what business travel looks like, things like that. What have you noticed there? Absolutely. Great question. The, the pandemic has proven that, that business can work well and even thrive without employees in the office to a large extent. And I think uh, Chicago business leaders, what we see in this state is there's certainly no hurry to bring them back. Half of the execs we measured said it'll be at least another six months before they fully return their workforces to their old offices. And it could be significantly longer than that. And I have said they plan on renegotiating lease space. So, you know, I think business leaders see that, that while we're going to go back, it's going to be different. And there's, there's opportunities as it relates to things like where people are located and, and remote working. As it relates to travel, business leaders, I think, also saw the opportunity to conduct certain aspects of business, again, remotely, and being able to do that and thrive in some cases. Uh, we saw in our data that almost half of business leaders, even post-pandemic, meaning once we do have widely available uh, vaccine, will see their travel budget lower going forward. In reviewing the data, what stuck out to you as being particularly compelling or surprising in there? Over half said they're planning to expand in Metro Chicago. So it's it sort of Illinois has 
has their issues, which which we all know about. But but business leaders, they still want to be there. There's a feeling of, I think, a connection and a resilience. And again, I think that ties to sort of the nature of this town. And then I think the idea that, that with what we see in vaccines and, and the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, a feeling of, of moving forward. COVID has obviously colored absolutely everything this year, but is there a piece of data or maybe a category of behavior that is born specifically from the pandemic? I know we've mentioned some of them here, but was there a data point that you feel like this would not have existed in a normal year? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it goes back to that idea of where people work and, and the idea of working in office or working remotely. I think what we saw was, or what business says they saw was was pretty incredible innovation and just um, challenging conventional wisdom and the ability to not only survive but even thrive in certain areas um, being out of the office. And we see in the data, you know, over half of these business executives plan to rethink how they will think about working and remote working um, going forward, even once it's uh, once we're sort of beyond COVID. So. I think that'll be a lasting change. Uh, how it will play out, I'm not sure, but but that's certainly um, something that I, I think it was a trend uh, before, and I think that COVID has just clearly accelerated it. And that's been such an interesting theme. I feel like just about every conversation on every single topic in 2020 somehow involves the phrase, we'll just have to wait and see, simply because there's just so much uncertainty and so much we don't know yet. I think that's right. I think no one's quite sure because there's there's clearly benefits to be in office, and we see that in the data as well. So there is a bit of tension in the data. I think business leaders like like the fact that business was able to carry on and thrive being remote, and I think they they certainly there are cost savings implications. But at the same time, I think we they feel that there could be challenges to to training, culture building, all those things that that being out of the office doesn't allow you to do. So I think. Change has been accelerated as a result of the virus, um, and, and we'll see exactly how it plays out. Indeed, we will. Well, thank you so much, and we will keep turning to your team at the Harris Poll for insights and data as things continue to unfold. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thanks so much for having me. Coming up, United holds out hope for summer travel, predicting that although sales will rebound as vaccines take hold, in the meantime, the carrier may have to endure a worsening short-term slump. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Thompson Coburn LLP is a national law firm whose Chicago attorneys have represented some of Chicago's largest public and privately held companies in a variety of corporate and litigation legal matters. Thompson Coburn attorneys deliver exceptional legal guidance to publicly and closely held businesses, financial institutions, and sole and family proprietorships across nearly every major industry and business sector. Thompson Coburn is all about total commitment to its clients, its people, and its community. Remember, that your business deserves legal advisors and litigators who are totally committed to your success. This is the Crane's Daily Gist with Amy Guth. The COVID-19 vaccine rollout is underway, but now comes the hard part, producing enough vaccine and getting everyone vaccinated. If successful, the plan could help end a pandemic that's killed almost 300,000 Americans in the 47 weeks since the first case was recorded in the U.S., 
FedEx and UPS picked up the first shipment of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines from a Kalamazoo, Michigan factory on Sunday morning, and the initial shipments will be in all 50 states by Wednesday. That according to Gustav Perna, the Army general serving as chief operating officer for Operation Warp Speed. Walgreens Boots Alliance expects to distribute the vaccine to long-term care facilities by December 21st, the company's chief medical officer told NBC's Today Show on Friday. Walgreens is in the process of hiring another eight to 9,000 new workers out of 25,000 new employees to carry out the vaccine rollout to nursing homes and assisted living facilities. Walgreens said in a statement that it's working with nearly 35,000 such facilities nationwide that have selected the company as their vaccine provider. CVS is planning to bring the vaccine to another 50,000 long-term care facilities in the U.S., and both pharmacy giants entered into agreements in October to work with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Department of Defense on vaccinating long-term care workers and residents. The nationwide vaccination effort is an enormous historic undertaking that's already been marked by confusion and uncertainty. As late as Friday, some states were saying they weren't even sure how many doses they'd get. There have also been some questions about whether the U.S. has ordered enough shots to meet its ambitious distribution schedule moving into 2021. The Pfizer vaccination and a similar one from Moderna that's just about a week away from a decision on emergency use authorization will initially be in pretty short supply. Only 2.9 million doses of the Pfizer vaccine will be delivered in the first shipment, which is a fraction of what's needed to vaccinate healthcare workers and nursing home residents who are at the top of the vaccination priority list. Another 2.9 million doses are being held back to be sure that the second dose, which is to be given 21 days after the first, will still be available for people who get that first round. Additionally, about half a million doses are being held back as an emergency reserve. An anonymous letter flagged budget padding in Chicago. The inquiry describes an unknown city agency avoiding budget cuts. The Lightfoot administration has referred the matter to the city of Chicago's inspector general. Crane's government reporter A.D. Quigg has the story. The letter came from an employee in Chicago who withheld their name. They sent it to the New York Times ethicist asking if they should follow through with a planned resignation from the city agency where they work. They wrote that their supervisor and a group of senior colleagues called them in and essentially asked if that person would delay their resignation. That would keep the position from appearing vacant so it wouldn't be up for a cut in this year's budget. The worker didn't say where they worked. It could have been at one of the city's sister agencies But we should note that the budget that Chicago City Council passed just before Thanksgiving included about 1,900 vacancy reductions. A spokesperson for Mayor Lori Lightfoot said they do not tolerate or condone this type of behavior and referred it to the city's inspector general. Discover Financial Services says that it's joined rivals Visa and MasterCard in halting acceptance of its cards on Pornhub.com. The move was announced in an emailed statement from a spokesperson from Discover. And the reason? A New York Times column accused the website of distributing videos depicting child abuse and non-consensual violence. Pornhub has said that any claims that it allows material depicting child abuse is not true. However, MasterCard said on Thursday it won't allow its cards to be used on the site, and Visa said it suspended acceptance of its cards on the site pending an investigation. American Express cards aren't accepted on Pornhub anyway, and the firm has a long-standing policy that prohibits card acceptance on adult content websites. 
United Airlines predicts that sales will rebound next summer as vaccines take hold, even as the company echoed other carriers in warning that surging COVID cases have caused near-term demand to weaken over the past month. United said Friday in a regulatory filing that bookings for the third quarter of 2021, which is the airline industry's peak season, will only be about 40 percent below pre-pandemic levels. By comparison, the carrier said it expects a 70 percent decrease this month as well as next. And while the rebound message is optimistic for 2021, to get there, the Chicago-based airline will have to endure worsening short-term impact. The increase in COVID-19 cases has caused what United described as, quote, continued deceleration in forward bookings. The company said it would go through 24 to 26 million in cash per day during the period, plus 10 million in debt payments and severance costs. In the third quarter of this year, the company went through 21 million plus 4 million in debt and severance. Delta Airlines warned last week that it'll use up more cash than expected this quarter because of weaker bookings, while Americans said its cash use would be at the high end of its forecast. And United Airlines Chief Executive Officer Gary Kelly said Thursday that the carrier was bracing for what he called, quote, really rough months in early 2021. And that's Crane's Daily Gist for now. Our continuous news feed lives at chicagobusiness.com. Thanks so much to our guest today, Harris Poll CEO, Will Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to these conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your audio on demand. And find hashtag Crane's Daily Gist on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And let's continue talking there about these and other business stories. Our show is produced by Todd Manley at Earsight Studios. I'm Amy Guth. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll meet you right back here next time.